Hi there, this is the Rev. Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, one thing that always jumps out at me about the story of Christmas is that Mary's response to the momentous news that she would be the one giving birth to the one who would be called Son of God was of a soul magnified and a spirit rejoicing. Amazing. But I wonder, can the same be said of us as we await Christ's coming? Well, that's the question we're asking in today's message which is the third installment of our current sermon series for this Advent and Christmas season, one that we're calling Christmas Now More Than Ever. And it's based on Luke 1, verses 39 through 56, and it's all about Mary, and also her magnificent song of praise and glory. You know, every year as we come to this particular part of the Christmas story, I'm always struck by the fact that although Mary is almost certainly the most celebrated and venerated woman in all of human history, the truth is, is that biblically, historically, and otherwise, we really don't know all that much about her. To begin with, frankly, we know next to nothing of Mary's genealogy. Even though scripture is filled with genealogy, and even though we are told very clearly that Jesus comes from the house and the family of King David, it's actually Joseph's family line that's recorded in that first chapter of Matthew's gospel, not Mary's line. And in fact, Mary is only mentioned there as the wife of Joseph and the one of whom Jesus was born. Now there's a reference uh, towards the end of John to Mary having a sister. And of course in the reading that Sarah just shared with us, we learn of Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah and the mother of John the Baptist. But really where Mary is concerned, that's about it. Basically, all that we know of Mary's background comes from ancient texts and other sources and, and our understanding of the culture of the time. Now, there are some things that we know. We're pretty sure, for instance, that at the time of Jesus' birth, Mary was probably no older than 14 or 15 years old. No longer a child, but barely a woman, and certainly not a woman of any kind of social standing or societal power. Uh, we know that she was uh, someone living in poverty, and we know that she was living in Nazareth, which was a small and secluded village in southern Galilee, probably had no more than 2,000 people living there and as such made it pretty much an insignificant town in the eyes of the Roman government, and also a place off the beaten track, even from the point of view of the Jews. Nazareth, in other words, was just another country town filled with people struggling to find some meaning in the midst of it all. And in the midst of it all, Mary was simply another daughter of the town albeit one engaged to be married, engaged 
to a man named Joseph who was a local carpenter. And, and by the way, engagement was actually fairly common for a girl Mary's age at that time. So, what we can kind of assume here is that up until this point in her life, Mary's thoughts would well have been filled with hopes and dreams for the future. She would no doubt have been feeling this intermingling of joy, excitement, and fear, all of it in anticipation of what her life was going to be with this man who was soon going to be her new husband. But now, of course, everything was different. Everything had changed, and it changed the moment that the angel named Gabriel came to Mary with this most incredible announcement that not only had she found favor with God, but that she, Mary, Mary of all people, would bear in her womb a child, a child conceived of the Holy Spirit, a child who would be no less than the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, a child who has come to establish God's kingdom on earth. And though in that singular moment her mind was most certainly racing, her, her heart reeling at this, what we refer to sometimes as an annunciation, in the face of all this, Mary had said, yes. If this was according to God's word, she'd said to the angel, then she'd willingly be a handmaiden unto the Lord. Still, as the days passed and the new reality of her life to come began to settle in for her, Mary most certainly must have pondered all the many, many reasons to be filled with fear at the prospect of this child growing within her. We don't need to know the history of those days for us to safely assume that there were going to be questions coming from families and friends, that, that there was bound to be questions coming from neighbors, and in fact also scandalous gossip being spread about that girl and about poor Joseph. What was he going to say? And speaking of Joseph, there was the matter of her fiancé, Mary had no idea at all how this holy birth was going to affect her relationship with Joseph, what her future, if any, was going to be because of this. Needless to say, this was not how Mary had imagined her life unfolding. This was nothing as she imagined it was going to be. Angels and Babies, the Holy Spirit, to say nothing of being told that she had found favor with God. All of this, notwithstanding, well, it, if she were being honest with herself, and she probably did deep down inside of her, it was a disruption. It was a disruption of Mary's life and living. The truth is, is that everything had changed for her forever. And though scripture does not allude to this at all, one has to imagine that down deep in Mary's heart there was this tiny aching that in a very real way 
life as she had always known it, had come to a sudden end. Now, I suspect that most of us, at one time or another, and in one way or another, know something of what it is to have our lives totally and utterly disrupted. Perhaps it was an unexpected illness or the loss of a loved one. Maybe you lost your job or, and you're faced with a financial burden that's untenable. Or it could be, well be like right now when you're fearful of what might happen with COVID-19 as 2020 becomes 2021 and, and you've really become uncertain about what to do about anything at all. It doesn't even have to be bad news per se. This, what I'm talking about here, is simply the experience of having everything you want and need and expect to be normal about your life and living to suddenly be upended for what seems like is going to be forever. And you're sitting there, it's all happening, and you just don't know what you're going to do about it. Actually, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me that... Almost as soon as Mary had learned this news of her pregnancy, she set out and went, the gospel says, with haste to the hill country nearby Nazareth to stay with her cousin Elizabeth, who, at being nearly 40 years older than she, was herself miraculously expecting her own child. Because, and she went there because when Disruption comes and chaos abounds. You gotta do something, right? Something, anything. If for no other reason, you gotta try to go somewhere to sort things out and talk to somebody who might understand. As Renita Weems has written, how do you defend a blessing that you cannot explain? And who would believe her? Only, perhaps, one who knew such a blessing in her own life. As it turns out, Elizabeth not only knew the blessing of her own impending birth, but also that of Mary's. The joy of this child of God's coming into the world is so great, we're told, that even the child in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy at the sound of Mary's voice. Amazing. And Elizabeth herself cries out with joy. Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises in her. As Luke's gospel tells this story, it's at that precise moment that everything comes into focus for Mary. For it's now. She bursts into song. Not enough to praise God. She bursts into song, praising the Lord with her whole voice and singing, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And she sings, and again, it doesn't say this in Luke, but you know it's got to be true. She sings with a voice that is born of an unfettered heart. As she, in song, details all the incredible, unthinkable possibilities that have just become real. That God's mercy would extend not solely to those in worldly power 
as the Romans would have them believe, but to all who fear God from generation to generation. That God, with mighty strength, would bring down the powerful from their thrones. That he would scatter the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, and that with equal strength he would lift up the lowly, filling the hungry with good things, and sending the rich and the powerful away empty. Mary's song, which, as I mentioned before, has been known throughout the history as the Magnificat, Latin for magnify or glorify. Mary's song, this magnificent song, makes it clear that everything that was ever known to be true about this world and about this life, as it was ever known, was now going to be turned upside down and inside out. And it was all happening, you see, by God's grace and in God's purpose. And all of this because of this tiny little baby that's growing in Mary's womb. So what at first had seemed like a mere disruption was in fact a blessing of divine proportion. The beginning of a new world created and nurtured at the hand of a loving and redeeming God who will do great things. And he will do it according to the promise he made of all God's people as far back as the time of Abraham. Mary, Mary of all people, with her soul magnified and her spirit rejoicing in God her Savior, was now not only assured of the importance of her role in this holy story, but now she was ready to walk boldly and faithfully into that new world, confident of the blessing and assured in the promise that God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation, including our generation. Mary, soul was magnified. Her spirit was rejoicing, and she moved into this future. So I guess the question for you and me, you and I who are dwelling amidst our own worldly disruptions in 2020 and this Christmas of 2020, the question is, are we ready to do the same? As this Advent time of waiting, watching, and preparing continues, I ask you, are we ready to see the ongoing disruptions of this life as part of a perhaps yet-to-be-revealed blessing that God and Emmanuel is ready to bestow? Will we be bold enough in our life and living and faithful in the act to find the true joy of what even now God is doing in our world and in our lives? It's a good question that we need to ask ourselves right about now. Now, as you folks are well aware, over the years my guitar and I have had the great pleasure of leading some Christmas sing-alongs with a great many groups of little children. Not only have there been lots and lots of Sunday school kids to sing with, you know, I can't let a, a year go by without trying to sing The Virgin Mary Had a Baby Boy. It brings all those kids back with me. 
not only that, but I have been lucky enough to be able to volunteer at preschools and in elementary school classrooms. And, and it's been not only been a lot of fun, but I've made an interesting discovery along the way. It's really kind of an unsurprising discovery, but here it is. When you tell kids to sing loud, especially when it involves Christmas songs like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Santa Claus is Coming to Town, by and large, when you ask them to sing loud, they do. <laughs> What's even more interesting to me, though, is just who it is amongst those children who end up singing the loudest. And the thing is, friends, it's not always the ones that you expect. Sometimes you see the most outgoing of children, as soon as you start singing and playing, will immediately get bashful. They'll, they'll clam up, as it were, when it comes to singing aloud. They might have the most beautiful, angelic voices you would ever hear. But you'll never know it because, for whatever reason, they cannot bring themselves to share it with you and with others. By the same token, however, there's always a couple kids in the group who sing with every bit of energy, every amount of volume that they can possibly muster. And it doesn't matter if they're a tad off key, nor if their volume has long since moved beyond singing and has entered the realm of screaming, nor is it all that important that they've probably gone a note or two ahead of everybody else in the room. They're singing. And the amazing thing about that is nobody is expecting that to happen. Some years ago, I was singing at the nursery school at the church I was serving. Pied Piper Nursery School, it was called. And it was a real joy to have those kids down the hall from my office every day. And one year, they had asked me to come down with a guitar and sing with the children. And that year, there was this little girl who was singing with everything she had. And I noticed that all the while she was singing, her teachers were looking at one another in astonished amazement. So afterwards, I asked the teacher about it, and she shared with me that this particular little girl, this was the girl who ordinarily was painfully shy with all the other children, really didn't interact with the teachers unless she had to, and was ever and always extremely quiet. Guess I fixed that because, trust me, when she started singing, she weren't quiet no more. In fact, I think the teachers had a little hard time settling her down afterwards. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it was a wonderful thing to see. This little girl, you see, had, was so caught up in this utter joy for singing these wonderful Christmas songs, she lost herself in the wonder, and she found her voice of joy. It seems to me, friends, that that serves as a very apt parable for you and for me right about now. This very, very different Christmas is coming soon, just a couple weeks away now. And despite all of these disruptions you and I have had to face this year, the fact remains that we need Christmas now more than ever. And there are many, many songs that we are given to sing as Christmas comes. Songs of faith, songs of hope, songs of joy. But the 
question is, how loudly are you going to sing them? Are you going to be able to look into and beyond all the disruptions of this life right now so you might be able to discover the blessing that's therein and thus find your voice of joy? You know, folks, there is a wonderful opportunity on this of all years to proclaim the coming of Christmas by singing your own songs of surprising, wonderful joy. To sing songs with your voice, mind you, but also to sing it by your very life. To sing and to live with joy, the joy that is rooted in the love of Jesus our Emmanuel. Can this be the year, friends, that is rooted in the love of Jesus and that will burst forth defiantly from you in every part of your life. Perhaps with your soul magnified, perhaps with your spirit rejoicing, you might find a way in very real and tangible ways to sing and dance the song of your Savior God. I hope and I pray today that this morning, this week, every day that's coming, that you'll find your voice. And that yours will be the loudest voice of all. And that it will be a voice that proclaims Lord's great and redeeming love. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, A Soul Magnified and a Spirit Rejoicing. It was recorded on the third Sunday of Advent during our December the 13th online service of worship. And it was part of our current Advent and Christmas sermon series, which we entitled Christmas Now More Than Ever. Of course, all through this sacred season, we invite you to join us live for those services. And you can do that by logging on to Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page. We meet each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and we would love to have you be a part of this worship experience right along with us, especially this time of year. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening, most especially as we are in the midst of these weeks of Advent and Christmas. And right now, as always, we pray that you will stay safe, be well, and that God may bless you in this sacred season with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon. <music>